0: Blog Talk Radio Welcome to the Paranormal and the Sacred Radio Show with your featured host, Char McCain, a forensics counselor, psychic, writer, artist, modern day Christian mystic and UFO experiencer. Char introduced guests who are experts on all aspects of the paranormal and the sacred. The Paranormal and the Sacred Radio Show has been featured on Blog Talk Radio as Staff Pick. And now for your host, Shara McCain.
1: Hello, everybody. This is Shawn McCain. I'm your host for tonight. And we have an awesome guest who I know personally as well as a colleague in the field. And uh, her name is Jacqueline Thomas. She's an awesome all-around person. And as a member of Ciro, Close Encounters Resource Organization, Jacqueline considers herself an experience of many types of phenomena. Since the field of Close Encounters is closely related to all things paranormal, Jacqueline became not only a researcher in ufology and the occult, but also the study of discarnate entities, also known as demonology. A student of uh, Dr. Van Stolen, she is trained in the spirit releasement and release discarnate entities or Earthbound Spirits, which is very interesting. With a degree in business, Jacqueline has excelled in both the corporate and nonprofit sectors as well as the entertainment industry. At an early age, she showed advancement in both mathematics and writing and was recognized on various levels by her educators, schools, and districts. Always having had a thirst for knowledge and experience, she has been mentored by Native American elders, monks, gurus, astrologers, and ufologists. P.A. is part of all the phenomena, like many around her, especially in Ciro. She has had many premonitions and dreams, including ones related to our current pandemic. And that's what we're going to be talking about is um, the history of pandemics, our plagues, our strange experiences. And uh, at this point, I would like to welcome Jackie to the Paranormalist sacred. Hi, Jackie. You're live with the Paranormal Sacred. How are you tonight? Hi,
2: I'm great. How are you?
1: I'm doing good, good. You know, we're we're both uh, calling in from Los Angeles and it's been hot out here.
2: Yep. I'm so happy to be on. In fact, I was listening to one of the old radio shows that we did on Blog Talk, because we, on one of them, we were talking about the occult. And there was a recent documentary that came out. And I said, we were just talking about that five years ago. And I looked it up and I was listening to you. And I thought, oh, I should do a show again with Charlene. And then here you are. You asked me to. I
1: know. It's it's, it's not, we're around the same uh, wavelength and path. And uh, not only that, I think that uh, we we have have experienced a smaller world than normal, I think.
2: Yeah,
1: I mean, especially with have
2: everything
1: many, going on. Oh, yeah. We have had many experiences, and uh, one of, of the strangest things is we both go to, to Ciro, and yes. um, and we go there because we've had uh, many uh, odd experiences, and uh, would you like to explain Ciro, Ciro to our uh, listeners?
2: Absolutely. So CERO is a Close Encounters organization, and a lot of the members experience a lot of strange phenomena. We don't know exactly, all of us don't exactly know what's going on, uh, but we unite under the idea that uh, maybe it has something to do with extraterrestrials or UFOs. And the reason being is that Yvonne Smith, who runs the group, is a hypnotherapist. So we all have strange things happening to us, a variety of different things, whether it's dreams, experiences, some people lose time, some people have special abilities. They uh, end up somehow finding Yvonne, and then Yvonne uh, either consults them or does hypnosis um, as part of the therapy. And the best part about the group, I think, is that we all meet at least once a month and get together to share our stories. And that's where I think things become clearer, because... Not everything is aliens, and I think that's important to say because even though we're united by that whole idea, there's so much more that goes on with all of us, a lot of paranormal activity, a lot of things that can't be explained. And so it kind of get, we get together and we, we start to figure
1: things out. Yeah, that's, that's uh, absolutely true because uh, there are also uh, a lot of similarities uh, within the group itself. When yeah. uh, I started was well, was a really long time ago, and uh, I guess she had just really started that group, and I had written a letter to uh, Dr. John Mack at Harvard because I was having some experiences. Where I was getting quite traumatized,
0: and mm-hmm.
1: I thought, you know what, if I'm I'm this crazy, I'm going to write the best. So I wrote I wrote him, but back <laughs> then I was. I was really worried about the military coming and getting me. I was terrified. Yeah. So when I let the yeah. envelope go in the mailbox, back then we wrote letters, you know. And I when I remember letting go of the letter and ex- being extremely paranoid as soon as I let go. I was like, oh, my God, I, I totally regretted it. But I actually I heard know, going him. Going back. Yeah. That's amazing. He's I, a legend. He, he yeah. is a legend. And I was, I just, I don't know, what, but he's the one who actually introduced me to Yvonne. He said, I'd have you here. He says, I believe you. He said, but you're in, uh, he's all the way in Boston at Harvard. And uh, I was born in Boston, but, you know, I I live in L.A. So anyway, um, that's how I got to the serial group. And so when you said, you know, one way or another, we get to the group, how did you get there? How did did this happen for you?
2: It was a long journey. So (laughs) start day one. So my whole life, I had paranormal, strange experiences. I had a normal life, though. My parents were normal. I thought I was normal. I went to a normal school. But I was very, very advanced. And my mom tried to make me believe that I had a normal life because, you know, but I was really, really advanced. So she used to tell me, you know, you have to, you have, to be, have a balanced life. So even though I could have really excelled in school and taken a lot of gifted programs, she really wanted me to have a normal experience, and so she would say, don't always take honors classes, don't do this, so that you have a normal experience, and I think that really helped me, and, but I was, I was super advanced. Uh, in second grade, I tested for college-level mathematics. In elementary school, I tested for uh, upper-level high school reading, all sorts of different things, and the schools were always trying to pull me into special programs, and my mom was reluctant, and she said, no, I want you to have a normal life. So along with that, though, I had strange experiences happen my whole life, I just thought they were normal. And now I know they're not normal, of course, but as a child, whatever situation you grow up in, you think that that's normal, whether it's, you know, if you grow up, some people say they grow up in, in sheer poverty, but they don't know any different because that's what they grew up in, right? So you don't really know that anything is strange. But Really, when I was young, there were things that I thought um, that I didn't know were special. Like I could point my finger to the light across the street and it would flicker. And when I would drive by, when I got older, it would still flicker, you know, and, and my friends would say, well, that's weird when I would drive by. And I say, well, now I can make it flicker with my finger. And that's when my friends would react. I thought, oh, it's, this is really, you know, I just never really thought too much about the things because I wasn't. I wasn't, let's say, a show-off showing people that I could do that. And a lot of times the things that would happen to me that I consider paranormal were during times where I was stressed or angry or when I would get a migraine, I could freeze the television or change the channel. So it's not things that I'm going around bragging about because, you know, I'm sitting there with a migraine, but also um, situations like I don't know how familiar you are with telekinesis, but a lot of people in zero have yeah. it. You probably have it yourself. Yep. Uh, the, all of that is a part of telekinesis, uh, being able to manipulate light and so forth or the television or the phone, for instance. But then as I got older, I noticed I was starting to, objects would move and then I could kind of control it, but I never really got to the point where I could fully control it. So as an example, I was sitting on the couch and I accidentally dropped a uh, cup of coffee and I instinctively said, or I instinctively pulled out my hand and said, no. And the, co- the cup of coffee went back on the couch and the co- the liquid from the coffee actually went back into the cup. And if I, I'll tell you, if I didn't have a witness, I wouldn't have believed what just had happened, but my no. boyfriend was there and he was like, what did just, you, you know, he was like, what just happened? And so little things like that would happen. And I, I don't know. I just wouldn't think too,
1: too think much into a, it. I I would go that's, on. that's a, Go big, ahead. That's the big thing. That's not just a little I thing. I know.
2: I know, but I I don't know if this happens to you, but then you go back to your everyday life and you go to your nine to five and then you just go back to normal. And, you know, th- things kind of become a joke almost. Like I would break things at the office and people would just say, well, Jackie breaks all the computers.
1: <laughs> oh, God. Well, um, I have a problem with my eye doctor. You know, I was just there today. So uh, I go in there. So this is my my third time where they're starting to get used to seeing me. And so I went in there, and I looked at the eye machine, and the girl looked at me, and because the last two times, uh, it wouldn't work for me, and I'd have to adjust myself. So this time I actually meditated before I went in, so I would not blow up their machine again, because what happens exactly. is, some, yeah, I don't know what it is, but I the the doctor who's a lot drier, he said, "What what are you?" And I said, "I think it's a <laughs> it's an actual." <laughs> he says, they're real dry too, you know what I mean?" <laughs> what are you? I said, "Doctor, I really think it's like a kinetic problem, and I have like an electrical." uh charge yes. or something. Yeah. So I have to put it's like to something easy. between Yeah, I didn't say that because I, I don't I, know what was. I need to get operation from this guy. So I don't want him to freak <laughs> out. You know what I mean? So I was very much on my Ps and Q's today. So I actually meditated before I went in so I would not affect the um the machinery. Right. So I have them, I say automatically, I didn't do it the first two times because I didn't know it was going to happen again, because I don't know if you feel like that. I'm not sure it's an every, you know, it'll happen every time. So what I did is she just handed me a tissue and I put it on my forehead and it will help me not blow up that machine. But I think we have like a charge. I don't know how otherwise to explain it.
2: Energy. I think you're absolutely correct in meditating before, and it's probably something I should do before something like that yes. as well, because it it I noticed when I'm like when when the coffee was gonna spill, it was a complete natural reaction out of fear that I didn't yes. want it to spill, and so and that's that's actually the second time something like that has happened to me. Same thing out of fear. So when our energy is elevated, especially when we're angry or something like that happens then then that's when those things occur. So yeah, it definitely has to do with maybe some inner charge or energy that that's happening for... It's incredible, though. So.
1: It is incredible. Well, what did your boyfriend say when he saw that?
2: He was shocked at first, and I, I was completely shocked. I kind of just sat there thinking, did that just happen over and over in my yeah, head? Yeah. And he was shocked, but he always said I was like X-Men because of my, I would dream things and they would happen. So my psychic abilities, and he, he had seen me freeze the television before when I had a migraine. So when that had happened, he said, I'm not surprised, you know, and he said, you need to learn how to control that. Well, where do you go for that? (laughs) I don't X-Men?
1: I don't know. We got to go back to William school. Right. Is there a school? So, so
2: I don't, because of all maybe, the maybe, we maybe? <laughs> maybe we should make one.
1: Maybe? That is a thought. I don't I've know. About that I'm anymore, kind of but
2: How do you even, <laughs> exactly?
0: I know, how do
1: you, well, I think the remote viewers are actually yes. getting a little more organized about this. So, they're able to yes. professionally actually do remote viewing. So, that much we do Correct. know so it would actually have, so have to be something like that
2: absolutely and speaking of remote viewing every so that's what I call what I was experiencing with my dreams so in my 20s it was really really intense where i would dream something and then 10 days later it would happen and as as these dreams started happening and they started happening in real life i started losing my mind i felt am i awake am i dreaming And that's actually when I got into all of the paranormal things. I started, I actually, it's a funny story, and I don't know if I ever said it on the show before, but I was at a Muse concert, and I ran into Giorgio Tsoukalos from Ancient Aliens. And three days before that, I was watching Ancient Aliens, and I put on my Twitter, I I really wanted to meet him. So when I met him, I was like, Wait, I just said I wanted to meet you. So I was really excited. Anyway, he and I became friends and he started seeing, you know, on Facebook I would post things and then 10 days later they would happen. And so he said, I think you really need to look into this because this is not, you know, this is, this is different. This is not normal. And it's kind of incredible. So he said, there's a lot of experts in the field that he was working in and he said, I should really look into it. So I started going to events and I, the first person I actually talked to is Barbara Lamb, who's a hypnotherapist and I spoke to her, and in the first 15 minutes, she said, there's definitely some phenomena happening around you, and you're definitely seeing things that are happening. And the reason I ended up going to Yvonne as a hypnotherapist is because I had seen Kim Carlsberg speak, and she's an experiencer. And she had written a book, and I was reading her book, and it's like I was reading about me. And at the end of her book, she talks about Ciro and how Ciro helped her as a group, and that's why I looked for Yvonne.
0: Wow.
1: Well I thank God for that because uh you have brought another added much needed piece to the puzzle to this group. It's it's very strange that how each member, each one of us belong there. And we're supposed right. to be there. You know, and right. I feel uh, quite comfortable with this there's many of us that we feel extremely like we're me and you are related at a distant cousin somewhere. Yes. It's strange how many of us uh, feel not only just related but that we belong together and we're very comfortable with each other. It's just very highly unusual because everybody is so different, really. If you look at us, we're all different kind of people, you know, but we just happen to have extraordinary experiences. And and you are are one of the, the most gifted people I've ever met.
2: Oh, thank you.
1: No, but it's true. It's uh, and more is yet to come. I mean, it's because uh, you're still uh, a young person. And I thought I know uh, when
2: I when I hear you saying all the things that I've done, I I think I sound like I'm crazy. Like <laughs> all these things that I've done, but I started no, at a it's really a good, young age.
1: It isn't crazy. It's, it's that's what makes us. Uh, the thing is, is that we're actually the normal for the people we hang around, you know, right? And that's like true. You, brought, you brought up our Greek friend, and he's the people that yeah. don't know who he is. He's the one from uh, you know, the history channel, ancient aliens, ancient aliens yeah. and he's the Greek guy with the hair that's what everybody knows yeah. him by. I knew yeah, he was and talking to me,
2: actually. <laughs> Yes, he um, is also the consulting producer, but he started working with Eric Von Donegan at the age of 17, and so he's traveled the world, and that's how he got into it, but at 17, I started working with a woman named Makeda, and she had been a former best friend of Bob Marley, and so that's why she, she was very spiritual, and she was very cultured, traveled the whole world knew Bob Marley, who was very spiritual, was friends with George Harrison, the Beatle, very spiritual. And so she knew monks, gurus, everything that you can think of and very cultured. And so she exposed that to, to me at a very, very young age. And I think that's why I've done so much in all that time, because in a short period of time, I was exposed to a lot of different things. And it all ties together, all the religions of the world, all the philosophies, everything kind of just ties back into the same thing.
1: It sure does. It's all, uh, I think it's preparatory for uh, the next thing to come. Um, yeah. What we have been talking about for, you know, the last couple of few weeks is that um, I have been in, in, I I remain in contact with uh, my serial friends and serial people, and we meet each other uh, for lunch at different spots all the time, all, the way, all around, you know, and I keep in touch with these people because we feel an actual uh pull so that we have to talk once in a while we have to see each other right connect each other right and some people right like like we were talking earlier about Robert Salas I met him in New Mexico I was over, amazing. <laughs> it's amazing so I'm over there sitting down minding my own business but I'm actually at the table, the book table with Yvonne's books she's doing readings and I'm sitting there kind of manning the table selling books and you know, people dressed up as aliens. You know, I'm thinking, oh my God, how did I get here? But, you know, oh well.
0: <laughs> so, um,
1: then this man, this gentleman, who's a very nice looking gentleman, and he was in a suit and everything else, even though it was hot out there, this guy was cool as a cucumber. So he looks at me, he says, Do you know who I am? And I go, No, sir, who are you? And then he goes ahead and tells me he's Captain Robert Salas of that Montana missile range with the nukes mm-hmm. and all that from the 70s, it blew my mind. He said, do I, I mm-hmm. said, do I know you? I said um, that that was the first time, even though I had been abducted as a kid, but I always thought this is all in my head. I'm just, I'm just crazy. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? I used to always <laughs> yeah. look for, like, reality-based stuff and look down the sink, look everywhere just trying to find out how to get me up there, you know. And this, my, the sink back then were like steel and they had steel drains. Mm. And I think, is that what I'm dreaming about? Or am I, you know? So, anyway, it turns out uh, uh, me and Captain, Captain Salas's experience with the nukes being shut off by aliens, they actually had, they were tracking five alien ships and he was down underground about 60 feet. And they, they were calling down to him and saying, you know, there's a, there's ships here, you know. And he said he had like an ESP thing, and he looked down and they shut off all his. Nu- he said, they're going to shut me off. But there's no shut off yeah. switch to a nuclear, a nuclear, uh, you know, thing. So anyway, that's mm-hmm. how I met him. Me and him and his wife, we have to meet at least every two months. So they're out all the way in
0: Ohio.
1: and to oh, work, wow. they come that's out. With, yeah, they're kind, yeah, it's beautiful out there, and they have a beautiful place. And, uh, but we, we go out to lunch once in a while, you know, that's why it's kind of hit me hard that I haven't been able to see any of my friends or go to a meeting or anything. So yeah. it's, uh, it's hard being away from each other, but what we've been talking about, the ones that I'm talking to, and, uh, we had been saying, we, we were ready for this, this whole yes. thing to come down.
2: Absolutely. That's why I wanted to And, and up. we talked we're about really this ready. in zero. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And, and different people had different experiences related to this, but we kind of all knew that this was coming. And I, I, you know, when you were talking to Solace last week, where you said, you know, people at first didn't believe you, and you were getting masks, because you knew, Mm -hmm. and then they're like, wait, are you psychic? Because I had the same yeah. experience. As soon as it started in China, I started preparing and I knew, and I tried to tell people, and I tried to post it on my page, and people were like, what are you doing? This is just like a flu. And I said, no, this is the one. This is it. And I kept trying to tell people, and very few people believed it. Uh, Desiree believed, and she was, you know, we I did an interview last time from her house because she lived in the uh, poltergeist house that I was staying in. And she was oh, like, wow. this is the one, too. Like, we we knew this was the one. And everyone in Ciro knew that we were ramping up for something. And yeah, we know that we know this was going to be big, but like you said, I had no idea the whole world was going to shut down. I mean, that, no. is, that has never happened.
1: I, the last thing I did is I went over to a friend of mine, Laurie's house, and did her hair because she's really lost her eyesight. God bless her.
0: And uh, wow. her
1: husband, I went; they went over to their house and i did their hair with a sense of urgency i said lori uh you know i better do it today you know and that was it the next day we were locked lockdown. yeah like i knew i had yeah. to get over there you know what i mean and that yeah. was going to be it so it was it for two months and i just went yeah. back recently we were all masks and gloves and goggles <laughs> it was crazy over there <laughs> But I did it again because I can't stand my people looking so bad in the pandemic. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it was yeah. it was looking bad around here. You know. So anyway, to go back to to what we're talking about, there's another thing that I have. I don't have my blood work done, so I don't know. But you share, along with almost everybody else in our serum mm-hmm. group, mm-hmm. you you share a rare blood type. Yes, Rh negative. Yeah, RH negative. And,
2: it, in fact, the new member who, who was on the web, because now we're meeting, Steril's meeting on the web, you know, like everybody, on yes. web meetings, Um, the new member said, the, the first thing she said was, I'm RH negative. I've heard that's a thing. Is anyone else RH negative? <laughs> Strange. Yeah, a lot guess, of us guess are. Guess
0: what?
1: Rosemary is, too. Yeah. Can you believe that? We've yeah. been friends for 40 years, and I never knew she was RH negative. She just blurted it out <laughs> one day. Wow. I went, you're what?
2: Well, so
1: is Curtis. so
2: we tend to attract each other, even with partners we tend to attract uh because especially I don't know if if you are aware, but if a female is r h negative, she can't have the child of somebody who's not r h negative unless she has a shot, she has to have medical right. intervention or she'll miscarry the child, so we're just like animals we we sense who we can usually mate with, so usually we attract that rh negative partner as well and so we attract each other and we find each other somehow and it's it's incredible because it's so rare it's less than 15 percent and some people say now less than 10 percent of the population so for us to be in a group and 90 percent of us be rh negative there has to be some sort of
0: correlation
1: there's there's something because uh so so my friend uh he's that that lead group that rock singer guy if you've seen him on my Facebook, his name is Curtis Donvido. Uh-huh. So he asked me, I had a weird experience. Okay, it was right after that last that thyroid surgery I had. Um, I was coming back mm-hmm. from that, and I had, uh, I was actually was like uh, a day later. I was kind of high because I'm so used to being in so much pain. You know what I mean? Right. And it was my pain was gone. They took out this thyroid deal, the tumor thing. Oh wow. We felt and like I was I back in the 80s, and honey, I was swinging. I was like, "Whoa, I oh, haven't wow. felt charged in a long time." <laughs> My mojo came back. Okay, so oh, that's great. So we so were so we so were talking. That's I also common good.
2: for experiencers. Huh? You know your your thyroid thing. It's common for experiencers.
1: I'm hard to take because mine has been such a lifelong agony. Mhm. you know the, and you know i told you uh, mine's
2: the... being monitored for the same reason wow yeah and well, and now... when i the doctor told me i said oh I, I knew it was coming here's why because of the level of radiation that we're exposed to whatever it is happening yeah. to us and so that fluctuates the thyroid and it's not a coincidence that many members of sero have had this as well, but also if you if you do the research online or find other people who have it, they'll tell you the same thing. It, it's all kind of connected,
1: and it's, I I believe it's,
2: that it's the level of radiation.
1: I believe it is too. I think it has, it's something to do with the impact of of all this uh, out off world uh, mechanics on us. It it could be that or. Mm-hmm. But 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 so anyway so Curtis asked me, he said, What's your blood type? I said, Curtis, I don't know. And I, I he said this before and I I said, I don't know and I I didn't know why he said, Why don't you know? I said, How long I'll, I'll, well I get my blood done all the time because, you know, of all this illness and stuff.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So anyway, then something came back to me, two things came back to me. One, I asked my blood type when I had my daughter mm-hmm. because I needed transfusions. So I mm. natu- I said I was really young. I was a kid. But I still remember this. And I did not remember it until he asked me again. That's when I was feeling really good. Now, I had to pull the car over because I was having some kind of bizarre experience talking to him. I said, wait a minute. I'm pulling my car over. I said, okay. Now, I did not have this memory. You know, it was. this is really profound for me for some reason. Okay, so I'm asking the nurse. And I just had a baby. I'm asking the nurse, nurse, what is my blood type? And she said, she shrugged her shoulders, turned her back to me, and she said this, they don't want you to know. I swear mm-hmm. to God. I was like, I mm-hmm. I remembered it like it was yesterday. I can remember her turning her back to me, and I remember staring at her back You know, when you're 16, you're, like, thinking, what the hell? But you don't push. You know what I mean? Well, I know what they're talking about, I guess. So I asked again this time. I asked again because I knew he was going to ask. You know how we know everything ahead of time. We know conversations ahead of time. I knew he was going to ask me again. So I was in. I had just come out of surgery. Everybody was around me and everything. And I said to this nurse, I said, can you please find out my blood type? She said, well, I asked that lady over there, and I was a red-headed lady nurse over there. So I asked the red-headed lady nurse, uh, can you tell me, uh, what is my blood type? Can you look on my chart? And she turned around and said, yeah, sure thing. Nobody ever said it to me again. They don't want me to know. That is wow. weird. This just happened wow. two months ago.
2: I've heard of that before. and You have? In fact, I asked, yes, I asked my doctor not too long. Ago. I mean, I know my blood type, but I asked my doctor just to see what he would say because people in Ciro were saying that they were trying to confirm it. Like maybe they didn't have a document on it. They wanted it. And they the doctors were like trying to tell them, other, kind of like you, just kind of pushing back. It doesn't matter. And my doctor said, it doesn't matter. And I said, what do you mean? And he said, well, with technology what? today and with plasma, we it doesn't matter. You don't need to know. He said the same thing. And I, well, I do know, but I was surprised that he had said that. I'm shocked.
1: I'm shocked. How long mm-hmm. ago did that happen?
2: That was probably 5 years ago.
1: So this was like 3 months ago and they had the same exact attitude still. So, yeah, how I don't I would if somebody asked me a direct question, I would actually just answer like I don't know what the big deal is. Yeah, there's a block. There's, a, there's some kind of a strange block on us.
2: It is, and I don't oh, understand why. Because if you go give blood, they tell you your blood type right there. In fact, if you're already negatively good. harassed, you forever because it's so rare. <laughs> yeah, so they didn't tell
1: me either because I went to give blood. When I was working over at the hospital, I oh, went really? to give blood. So, We're well, so sorry for you. You already have any blood. I was like, oh my God. Oh my God. <laughs> I was like, wow. So I, I was too shocked to even. Uh, yeah, I had one one little digit away from not being able to donate. So I have since found out that oh, I'm wow. extremely unique. So Now let's uh, oh, wow. talk about, so what is your, uh, in this current pandemic, how has, yes. ha, are, are you coping with it? How are you dealing with it? And have we had, uh, you know, precedence for this? Yeah, that
2: that's what, okay, so... I'm okay. In fact, strangely enough, I think in a way, because I knew this was going to happen, it's kind of a relief. And and it's really strange to say that. And a lot of people who knew it was going to happen kind of say that, Oh, this is, this is what it's almost like, was this what I was made for? This is why I'm here. I don't, I, I don't even know how to explain it, but that's kind of how it feels. And originally so I told you in my 20s, I used to have all these dreams. They stopped when I was 30. I still have some dreams, but it's not like how it was in my 20s. In my 20s, it was every week I was predicting a natural disaster. And it was really intense because, I mean, to see all those things and then to have them watch them happen, it was it was a lot for me. But, but what I noticed recently, Yvonne, because she's writing a book, And she's talking about what she calls the urgency, which leads to what she believes is now. She asked me to, she asked me some of the things that I had predicted in my 20s. So I started writing them down for her. And I realized as I was looking them up online that they were some of the biggest natural disasters that have happened in our lifetime. And that's when I realized that that is why I had dreamt about this one because it was going to be the biggest thing of our lifetime. And it was the only thing that hadn't happened in my twenties that I kept waiting for. There's going to be this virus. There's going to be this fire. I knew it was going to happen because it was the only dream that I had had many a long time ago that never happened 10 days later. And it felt these, these specific dreams, they, they feel different. It's like I'm living it. It's, it's I'm viewing it like remote viewing, and I'm that person. I'm experiencing it. And when I had this specific dream, I was walking, and all these people were falling over. They couldn't breathe, and they were dying. And my mom was in the dream, and she was jogging in a fog, and there was, like, this laboratory. And as I continue walking, these two small crafts come from the sky. And I thought, what is this? Is this aliens? Well, it wasn't. It was the military and it was a military craft. And they came out and they said, you have to come with us. And I said, no, I don't trust you. (laughs) And they said, well, what are you going to do? And I said, well, I'll stay here and die. And they said, but you're not going to die. You're not going to get sick. You need to come with us. Well, who were dead, you know, and thinking, well, I'd rather stay here, to be honest with you. But I made a decision to go with them and they took me to a, an area like a quarantine area and it was underground. And while we were there, we, the earth changed just like it is now. It started healing
0: mm-hmm.
2: and uh, water, water levels were rising and then they let us out. And when we went out and I don't, I didn't even know, cause it's a dream how much time had passed, but when they let us out, the earth had healed so all of those things are happening now, and the significance of the fog was they remember that weird fog we had in l a It was the day that Kobe Bryant died because of the fog
0: yeah. that yeah. day
2: i was looking i was I was in a building that was pretty high, and I was looking out, and I knew I said this is the fog this is this is a marker because what I've learned with the remote viewing dreams is that a lot of times the things in my dream don't are markers for things. And so I knew as soon as I saw that fog, this is it. This is that, this is the, this what's happening because it was happening in China at the time. I said, this is the virus. And the next day after that fog, Los Angeles reported its first case. And I was like, here we are. This is it. I knew instantly. And yeah, I mean, and Oh, here's the other thing about fog. For some reason, fog, it preceded the black plague and, uh, for some reason that happens. And so I don't have the answer for it, but that was a marker of my dream. And that's actually what happened here and it's happened through other plagues. And a lot of people are comparing this to the Spanish influenza that happened almost a hundred years ago or a little over a hundred years ago. And I always knew that this new virus was going to be very similar to that. And so I had always studied it, and then recently people have been comparing it, and so I've been reading articles and studying more on it, and i have always so fascinated by it because it literally came out of nowhere. The other thing that's fascinating about it is that people knew it was going to happen before it happened because the Virgin of Fatima appeared in Portugal to three children and told them that it was coming, that God was mad, and that there would be punishment on the people. And that's the Spanish influenza broke out. And the day that that happened, hundreds of people viewed in the sky something really strange. You know, they saw an image in the sky. Well, only the three children saw her and got that message. And they said, you know, this was going to happen. And so then that happened. So I always felt like, you know, this is going to happen to us. It related to the Spanish influenza. And it's going to be a virus. And so now here we are. And what i the the most the part that that upsets me the most is that it was compared to the flu and yes it is a a strain of flu but that's what caused i think so many people to miscalculate it and it's just the flu it's just the flu we've all had the flu right the spanish influenza was the flu too and it killed way more people the other part about it that you in, I know you agree with me on this because I've heard you say it before and on the other show as well. Last week, is that a lot of people still aren't taking it seriously, but a lot of people are saying, Well, still a lot of people haven't died, and what's going on? Well, we shut down the world, and they didn't get to right. do that in the Spanish influenza. We shut down the whole world, and that's why we're not there. So, we really, I think, need to be grateful because.
1: Yes, they don't I am have to do good.
2: that.
1: You know, because yeah, all you have to can, do is just stay in, so we cannot pass it around. You know, and right, uh, this is the this is uh, having also uh, after effects, meaning people are getting heart damage, artery damage, children are having yes. heart problems from it. This is not a normal flu. This
0: to Absolutely. me is
1: it's viral. I mean, I was looking at the pictures of actually the plague, what it looks like. And then I was looking at pictures Uh of this coronavirus. Uh, Mm -hmm. This virus is very unusual. It's actually like a protein and it attaches itself. It kind of reminds me of the way the HIV invaded and took over. And uh, it's it's serious. It's so serious that that people are dying, you know, left and right. And all you have to do is not pass Mm -hmm. it on. That's the whole thing.
2: Yes, and that, so that, I'm glad you brought that up, because I've said that from the beginning, and the who mentioned that, and a variety of different people have said that, they've compared it to HIV, but in my dream, that is what the military people had told me, this is like HIV, they
1: so did? to have
2: that also be, yes, in my dream, that was in there. Yeah, it's the same impression.
1: because this, these kind of viruses, people keep saying, oh, they just made this up and anything, I said, the way I feel about it, it's a protein that knows our body well, like HIV. Mm-hmm. And they found out HIV is they find it in dinosaurs. You know mm-hmm. that these the mutating, for, you know from since time began. And I don't know the 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 reason for it. I do know we have it, and we have the ability. Like this whole world shutdown thing, it saved a mm-hmm. lot of lives. If we, mm-hmm. imagine if we were able to tell each other, you know what, just stay in your house for the next two months, you know, and let the, uh, let the, you know, like we had to hide in the house back when the the times where the de- angel of death was coming over. You paint your right. your wall red, you hide in the house till it goes by you. Right.
0: Because this is yeah, taken on it's like. A bl-
2: it's a blessing that we've been able to stay home and. The Spanish influenza, were, yeah. the most deadliest part was the second wave, and we're not there yet.
1: We're not there yet at all. This is a, this is a good warning, and I, I hope people hear us from all over the world. Because I know my people are con- contacting me from many many um, areas, everywhere, the Sudan, out in Africa, mm-hmm. every, everywhere Asia. They're they're letting me know they're listening. You know, just just do the thing. You've got to stay in. You've got to stay away from yes. people. You know, I don't, if we have, you know, nothing, but at least, uh, what were we saying? Like Henry VIII, when the plague went by there. Henry VIII slammed himself into his room and he stayed in there. Yep. Till it passed. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, a and lot of the royal it, family
2: used to do that. That's why yeah,
1: they survived. So I'm telling everybody just hide for a little while more. You know, I'm going out, but I had gloves on today, I had masks on. See the whole right. eye appointment. Have to keep a mask on, you know. And I'm really glad to see everybody's doing it. If if this is the least we can do, you know. But I also know there's another shoe that's about to drop, and um, I don't want people to get scared mm-hmm. about it. But I do have that feeling that this isn't this isn't over. There's another thing, and I'm not sure what that thing is, though. Yeah, it's another and I agree another with you. thing that's going to be weird. It's going to be another yeah. Another I think thing. I think
2: people have accepted that the life that they thought they had has changed forever. And almost, I mean, we had the horn, the the murder hornets or whatever, and now we have some gypsy moths that they just announced. So I think people are kind of like, "Oh, what's next?" I won't be surprised,
1: but they'll still be surprised. Well, at least we, <laughs> the murder hornets, were taking it to a different level. They're going in there. If anybody hasn't heard of these freaks before. They're hornets and they look pretty mean on top of it, and they go in and they about ten of them can decimate like eighty thousand bees. They go in there and rip everybody's Mm -hmm. heads off, and it's pretty pretty horrible to to see. But then I found out they do it to each other too. So they're they're they're, they're aggressors. They'll go in yeah to the their own kind and do the same exact behavior. But then somebody put a crazy thing on Facebook, which I never thought I'd see or watch, but a praying mantis against a murder hornet. Guess what?
0: Oh, I the saw mantis that.
1: Won. The mantis yep. won. And mm-hmm. I was like, oh my God. It's,
0: it's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so,
1: I saw that. Enemies of the murder hornets and, uh, I didn't read into the gypsy moths though, but it's
0: uh, you know <laughs> they're, they're decent... actually not
2: as dangerous as they sound. They're just dangerous to plants, but it's just That's getting news bad. because it's another another thing. Yeah,
1: yeah, it's pretty bad. But for some reason, I'm not worried about them because I think it's something else strange. Something that happened. I don't know. <laughs> Do you have any ideas of what this next weird thing is?
2: I that's all I saw in my, in my dream. I've had two follow-up dreams. Like I told you, yeah. I, I don't, I don't have the same type of dreams that I did in my twenties. I have more, more like shorter dreams and, and things might happen here and there, but it's not as intense, but I had a follow-up dream and I had sent that one to zero about how I was in a warehouse and there, they were making, this is right when the virus started and Yvonne was asking us our opinion. And I had a dream. I was in this warehouse, they had separated beds by uh, like making small rooms and people were putting beds, but people weren't sick at the time, but they were setting up and I didn't know what that meant. Well, later I saw articles that showed photographs of what I had seen in my dream and that happens a lot too, where I would see things in articles that were images in my dream and they're, they're field hospitals. So that was kind of warning me, and that's what we have in L.A., field hospitals. I guess it was kind of warning me that that was coming, or I was seeing that that was coming. But I also had a dream of the, the future, and things, I don't want to say get 100% back to normal, but we're going to be okay, and I saw that. People are going to be able to get back to their lives. It's, it's not the end of the world, and I think that, that message is important because when I first started talking about this, I got a lot of flack from people that were scared, and they were calling me a fearmonger because they were scared. But they were calling me that, and they were saying it's not good to talk about that kind of stuff because you're gonna make it happen. Well, first of all, I don't make my dreams happen, or you no. people better hope not because they're natural disasters. So I hope not to be that powerful. But it's 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 more like a warning, and it's not always all negative. Like I like I said, this recent dream. Mm-hmm. I said we're going to be okay. And the reason I talk about it is because I'm trying to get us to be okay. I'm trying to show you the worst that's going to happen so that we can be prepared for it and we can yeah. get past it. And that's the whole point.
1: Well, that's, that is the whole point. Like this is, okay, people weren't prepared for this. They gave us a lot right. of flack. I was made fun right. of because I said, everybody go yep. get your mask." And they made yep. fun of me. I mean, really, to be ridiculed, to me, is like the worst. So I, I'm glad it happened now so I could get over it because I despise being laughed <laughs> at. You know, I'm like a yeah. ridicule kind of thing. I love to be laughed at, but not in the ridicule way. And he had to eat his right. words the very next day. Our mm-hmm. our listener uh, went on and said, everybody have masks on. You know what I mean? And uh, exactly. so I, I'm happy that my... Uh, Picking my neck out was followed up with uh, affirmation like that. And that's, right, that's what's
0: amazing.
1: Now, what's the amazing thing is, is how our world is healing in the matter yeah. of what? A couple short months. This right. world is stunning. In my dream, I dreamt way in the future because in my dreams, like you, you brought up Our Lady of Sadama I have always wondered. Okay, what's going to happen to my children? What's going to happen to my grandchildren? What about my great grandchildren? I'm a great grandmother now. What about their kids? Their kids? What about the? Where are they going to be in the future? So I had this right, dream. Right. Because we always told about, the
2: world was ending.
1: Yes. I had this dream about a new world, and it was beautiful, clean, and pristine, and it was here. And that's yes, part missing in my dream. Yes. Yes. That's it.
2: In, in the, and you're out in the sun and the sun is shining like it never had before. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's
1: my dream. Stunning. Stunning. It was mm-hmm. so pure and beautiful. It had those blues that they have up in Alaska with the snow white and the blues and the beautiful, clean, clean. And that's what I dreamt of. So I went, oh, so the new earth is going to be here? So God mm-hmm. answered my prayers and I, I don't have to worry about the generations coming they're gonna have yep. a clean brand new earth. That's what they're gonna have. And we 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 really have tried to jack it up for the last couple hundred years. Mm-hmm. We've tried our best. Look how fast
2: it fits it fits fast. Look
1: how bad I fast. mean it's not hundred but yeah. No but look how fast the the mm-hmm. you know, the miracle is that the whole mm-hmm. planet can do quickly. It wants to renew. You know, we have to learn from this. I hope we do. I know that certain segments haven't learned a damn thing. But what I'm saying is Mother Earth will shake you right off because she is able to renew and be beautiful again. And however that has to be done, it will be done.
0: Mm -hmm. It's
1: almost like get with the program or I don't know what's going to happen. You know what I mean? I think knuckleheads will just have to stuff the knuckle life. I don't know what to say about it. I can't make people jam. (laughs) That's what the old saying is. You want to have a knucklehead life? Continue being a knucklehead. Right. Well, there's a lot
2: of disinformation. And the reason I bring that up is not to give it any attention, but because this happened in the other plagues, and specifically the Spanish influenza, where when that virus came out, nobody knew what it was, and people were blaming a lot of people, same thing, it's a bogus thing until they were affected by it. And then they were blaming radio waves, which we now know radio waves don't really do anything to us, but at the time it was new and, and it was scary to people. And so they thought it was coming from radio waves and then people were doing just like they're doing now with, with cleaning supplies. They were coming up with some bogus remedies and that was causing people to die and so,
1: yeah.
2: I mean, that was a hundred years ago, and we're still doing some of the similar things. Now that's
1: pretty stupid. I mean, that's like a the, <laughs> that's like a failure to learn. That's like a big one to, Yeah, I don't know because I have been a dummy in my life, especially in matters of love. But what I'm saying <laughs> is are that, in that area. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. I just. But there's certain things you know that you have to learn that are real basic, you know what I mean, and I really don't want to hurt our earth anymore. you know right. we can't keep causing because whenever we cause and put out there, we're actually there's a cause and effect that actually is a real thing, you know, and mm-hmm. I think the same people that that want i don't I don't know what they want at this point, but I'm just saying. Uh, the ones that aren't being helpful. I've met so many helpful people. I think this pandemic has brought out the best in a lot of people you never thought you would hear. Never thought Mm -hmm. they would ever change or they would ever do I mean, even crime is down. It It is. It's kind of remarkable. Mm -hmm. The crime has, what, there was not one murder in Miami? Right. Like over the weekend? I was like, when have I ever heard that in my lifetime? (laughs) Never. You know what I mean? It's like well i I think there's hope for us you there know, is you have really... you know,
2: after after every plague after every single plague throughout history the communities and societies of the world flourish It's like a whole new world afterwards after the black plague was the Renaissance era, so I think that ours might be part of earth healing and thinking of of the earth in a different way and, and not mistreating it and understanding that it can be fixed. I think when we were, when I was growing up in the eighties, we were told that the earth was helpless. We basically thought two things. I thought two things anyway, from all the programming from television and school and watching MTV that we either were all going to die of AIDS because HIV had just been discovered or the planet was going to die from the greenhouse effect. And there would be no animals by the time we had grandchildren. And that's just what we all believe. We, we kind of felt hopeless. But all of that is changing. All of that idea is changing. And so I think that's our, our renaissance era is going to be about nature
1: and the planet. Yeah, because, you know, we, had, we didn't have to do uh, actually much. All that we had to do was stay home. All we had to right. do was quit driving a car. All we had to do was start helping each other. All of a sudden, we have no cash. All of a sudden, we started bartering and bringing each other stuff and doing, doing hair for in exchange for a bag of oranges or doing, you know what I mean? It, it just got to be, we fell into it kind of easy, you know, because mm-hmm. if you're, you're flexible and you're not just totally shocked and stunned by everything. Right away, you get to work. Okay, what can I do to help the next person? What can, I, what can I do? I've had people bring stuff and put it on my porch. i got a couple other masks. i got about six masks now. You know what I mean? Because uh, <laughs> somebody was making masks and decided to drop a couple off to me. You know, and one's real cute. It's a monkey mask. <laughs> you know what I mean? I, that's all, I know. If that's all we have to do, like, come on, people. Yeah, it's very you know, serious. I've have been, had friends affected by this. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. I have always, because of my background in, in doing hair, I have always had hand sanitizer in my purse. You know, in mm-hmm. right by me all the time. So I have always used it. So this was nothing. You know, when people are starting to think, right. well, I don't have this, I don't have that. I said, Well, I have a ball right here in my purse. You know what I mean? And because of, I mm-hmm. and I was preparing before this, the same thing that you were doing. Something told me, mm-hmm. you know, get some dry goods in here. You know what I mean? Just just get this, or just get that, and that you have to listen to that prompting. You know, yeah. Because it's slowed down. Go ahead.
2: Because a lo- everyone has this, and Salah said this last week as well, where he thought that everybody kind of had these abilities. We just don't use them. So I, I for whatever reason, I'm tapped into it, and I can see it. So are you? You, you know, you mentioned how you've always had it, just like your grandmother. Certain people are just mm-hmm. happy to be tapped into it, but that doesn't mean that everybody doesn't have it. So I think everyone has it. And I think the biggest preventing people from actually understanding that they have this ability is that idea that if they think about bad things, that they're going to manifest them. And I think that that new age community has created that idea and it's, it's toxic. And the reason it's toxic is because manifesting isn't just a thought. And a lot of people, like Bob Proctor, who is part of The Secret, he now speaks and came out and said The Secret was a disservice to a lot of people because people think that if they just sit there and think about something, it's going to appear to them. And that's not how manifestation works. The biggest thing that people don't do when they're trying to manifest is action. So just because you think of something, that doesn't mean it's going to happen unless you make it happen with action, and the same thing, your action can also prevent it and make you be prepared for it so that the outcome isn't as bad, and I think that's why people are scared to kind of tap into when they get that feeling, and you hear that a lot from people, oh, I had a feeling, but I did this anyway, and then this happened, yeah. and I should have I listened to myself. Everyone has that. They just really need to listen to it and not be scared of it, and not call people like, us fear boggers, because we're not trying to scare you. We're trying to help and prepare. That's the action that's going to
1: save. Well, yeah, because some people will, will go into like paralysis and, and they react with right. anger when really none of that is called for. We just, uh, well, you know, it's like being on the pray and go plan. Pray, say your prayers, and then you get up and, and take your step forward to whatever the next right action is. You know, we do the next mm-hmm. right thing. We don't do the next wrong thing, well, unless you want to do wrong, right. you know. But <laughs> but pray and just how we're harnessing in uh, our our kinet- kinetic, if that's what you. I don't know what to call it, but anyway, our electrical powers, our superpower. Today I decided I'm going to reel it in and I'm going to go in there so they can actually take a good picture, you know, of my eyes, you know, and, and yeah. it worked. I didn't have all the issues, so I have to remember, okay, let's say we have a power. Let's remember, let's, let's have a practical use for it because it, it's good for something. It is, there's a purpose behind all of this. We, we, we wouldn't be given this gifts without a reason. And now right. I know our reason is coming into play that we don't need somebody to tell us what's the next right indicated thing to do. Nobody had to tell mm-hmm. me there was time to do whatever. I already knew it was going to happen. We just didn't know how it was going to come down this fast. That right. was, to me, the shocker. You know, right. if you can or close down the, world, the whole world in a matter of days, it's a shock. Right. You know, but we Absolutely, also know yeah. that we can, now we know something we didn't know before. Yes, we can shut down everything right now if we have to. Yeah. And the simple thing is park in your car, because we've always said that, park. it's hard for Californians to park the car. I'm one of them. But I mm-hmm. used to have three cars because I always had to have oh, wow. a ride and a slide. You know what I mean? I always had a project <laughs> car. <laughs> and then I had to have the practical car that worked all the time. So I had to get rid of my slide and my ride. You know, I cannot keep <laughs> this whole thing going. I had done it since I was a teenager because you got to have your vintage ride out there. You know what I mean? Yes. Not anymore. I, I got I got my Scion out there. I'm part of the Scion <laughs> Mafia. Yes, I am. It's so freaking good on gas. I haven't put gas in that car in a month or two. I don't even remember the last time. Oh wow! For old time's sake, I'm gonna have to go get some gas because I still have half. For a old
0: time's sake. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so anyway, it's um. So how would you say, you know? Um, as far as preparing for what's next, what are you being prompted I think, to do?
2: I think people just need to—they need to stay vigilant, and they need to a lot. You're hearing a lot of people say, "Oh, I, I'm turning off the television because the media is just too much, and they're they're exaggerating it." And I think that's the wrong message. I think mm-hmm. that people need to practice discernment. Everyone should have that ability to, be, to discern information and to understand. You, we, we're, a lot of us are adults, and we should be able to get information that we need and use it and then leave the rest. And so you can't turn off the news because you need to know what's going to be open this Friday, exactly. what's opening in a month, right? You need to be informed. So practice discernment. Listen to the news, take the information, leave the rest. If you don't want to listen to stories and you feel that that affects you emotionally, don't listen to it. Do what makes you happy. If you have to stay home, do what makes you happy while you're at home. This isn't meant to be um, a lockdown. That's the other thing. We're lucky because we don't actually have a lockdown, and a lot of people keep referring to this as a lockdown. We don't even have enough cases to have a lockdown. China was locked down. Mm -hmm. Spain was locked down. (laughs) We have a friend who's in Spain right now. He lives there part-time. He couldn't leave his house. And they had police wow. on every corner. And he had to check in with somebody if he had to go to the store. That's a lockdown. We don't have that. That's you can go outside. You can walk your dog. You know, there's a lot of things. people. you know, We don't have freedom. We actually do have a lot of freedom within it. We're just trying to protect mm-hmm. people. We're trying to make sure that not everybody gets sick. You know, if, if we imagine, yes, the numbers are low right now. They're still mm-hmm. high, in my opinion. They're higher than the flu in one month for a whole year. They're nowhere near the Spanish influenza, thank God. But that's where we would be if we we didn't lock down the world. And it would have spread faster than the Spanish influenza because of the way people travel internationally right now. The reason the Spanish influenza traveled quickly was because soldiers were coming back from the war. And that's when it hit. And so... Imagine in a world like today with international airports, if, if the government had done nothing and said, oh, well, if you get it, you get it. We would be in such a sad situation. And I've been saying, you know, you have the right to have your voice. You have the right to protest. If you're not happy, you can do that. This is America. That's fine. But we hadn't shut down the world and we had higher numbers of deaths. People would be protesting that the government wasn't doing anything. Yeah. So you can never make people happy. You can't make everybody happy, but you have to do what's necessary because they're trying to save lives.
1: Yeah, so, you know, uh, my friend Jackie back east, uh, so she hasn't got it. She has been a vegan and very healthy eating and exercise. And uh, I'm talking about Jackie Barrett. She's doing uh, Mm -hmm. extremely well, but her whole family got the virus. You know what I mean? It's, oh wow! Because people, people are not taking the guidelines seriously. Yeah. Just please listen to what they're saying. Just, just, you know. And now, in New York, it's smaller because we're we're not on top of each other like that in California. Correct. We're really yeah, kind of spread apart anyway. Yes you know, mm-hmm. and we're kind of naturally really keep our arms distance from other people. We don't hang on each other like that unless you're really intimate. You know what I mean? Right. As a matter of fact, right. we keep our cars between our cars between us and everybody else.
0: And we still need <laughs> exactly. a the
1: space there. You know what I mean? Yes. We just, uh, we we seem to be friendly kickback folks, but we like our our space. But anyway,
0: yes.
1: so we have to follow these practices. You know, stay healthy. Now, I'm I think it's very strange that uh, the meat packing plants are thinking of shutting down and everything. Now, the, the people mm-hmm. that I'm talking about, she is vegan, and she has said the whole time that our food system is tainted and that everybody should stop eating meat. Now, I haven't been able to accomplish this, <laughs> but I did start eating kosher.
0: You know what I mean?
2: Yes. Uh, so, so that's an interesting. This is that's an interesting thing. I used to be a vegetarian. I was for eight years. I still don't eat a lot of meat, and I stick mostly with chicken because I, yes. I, I I I understand the feeling against the meat, the whole idea, the way it is prepared, the hormones. I understand the whole thing, but at the same time, I I just had to go back to eating meat. Um, I became I started becoming anemic and so forth, and yes, I just yes. found that I needed to do it for myself, but I still never went back to the same amount of meat that I was eating before. And I eat it very minimally, maybe once or twice a week. But one I signing a few years ago with Russell Simmons, and he is a yogi and he is vegan and there's a lot of controversy with him right now in the news and stuff. But the reason I bring him up is he said something very smart. And so I'm going to give him the credit for it. He said, it's not about being a vegetarian or vegan, because that's what he is, because he's a yogi. He said, it's not about that at all. Yeah. It's about the fact that the food is no longer made the way it was made when you were a kid. And so what yeah. you're dealing with is not meat. You're dealing with whatever product they're, they're selling you that they're telling you is meat. If we're able to right. get meat naturally, that would be different. But not just meat, everything you know, that we're eating, we don't even know if it's organic anymore.
1: Yeah. This is that is true. Because uh now everything has to have a stable shelf life and uh right. everything's lasting a little longer or a lot mm-hmm. sometimes I get fruit the next day, it's going bad and I wonder what the heck is this real? Uh is that why it's going bad the next day sure. or I don't I don't know. It's hard to to keep track of our supply chain of what you know, to stay healthy. I don't know. I think we should stay as healthy as we can, practice the clean principles, because I feel like what started this was a bunch of filth. Right. You know, a bunch of uh, viral uh, dirt mixed in with the food, then traveling. And that's
2: how most viruses have started throughout history. It's rats, bats, swine.
1: That's it bugs
2: oh so that's that's a lot of okay so here's interesting so the movie contagion and people are talking about it a lot now because it's a lot very similar to what's happening to us now uh in, in the movie it was a bat that crossed with the wrong swine pig so um so people are like oh that's like predictive programming and and there's a lot of people will say that there there was like a, a family uh, family guy episode two where it was a bat but in all fairness, all viruses are bat, swine, um, and rats. So, you know, or another type of, you know, animal. But that those are the most common, even going back into history, the plague. So yes. really, you could come up with a movie
0: yeah, the and take one was of those three.
2: Yes, exactly. So you can make a movie and come up with one of those three or all three of them and mix them together and make a movie about it. And then a virus can come out later and people will say, oh, well, they predicted it. Well, it's because the writers of the movies are actually studying history when they're writing about their films, and they're making it as realistic yeah. as possible so it can hit things on the mail. So it is, what it is more than predictive programming is that history is continuing to repeat itself, and we're not learning from it.
1: What's getting me, really? I was actually having a peaceful drive today because I had to get in my car and go down. That's how I, I realized that I could probably put some gas in the tank pretty soon. But, because I still half a tank, but I don't know. Anyway, so I was thinking about it. I was just driving down the street at a normal pace, 30 miles an hour or so. This this guy came, went past at least 90 miles an hour. And I was looking oh, at wow. him, and I was thinking, does anybody really have to be anywhere that fast now? <laughs> Where's he going?
0: <laughs>
1: it was, it shocked me. You know what I mean? Wow. Something has changed in me because usually I'm the pedal to the metal. I drive too fast <laughs> consistently for an entire lifetime. Now I'm like, wow. it's a joy to be driving. It's isn't it nice? It's almost like it's a little a little gift just to be able to get out and go down the street a little faster than walking. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's really we've got to be grateful for these these things that we have, not just to uh, mourn the things we don't have because things have changed for a lot of people. Today, the statistics where we have the highest, highest, mm-hmm. higher than depression unemployment. Yes, Highest I saw that. since the depression. And when I saw, really, that was today's news. And I oh. went, okay, God, what does this mean? Okay, we're going to have to throw one together because uh, together we have enough. You know what I mean? Yes. Together, well, that's we have enough.
2: Here that's, why that's
0: why we're here together. That's why we're here together.
1: Yeah, That's exactly right. We're here to help each other. Now, mm-hmm. I remember these two guys. Now, I know they were drug dealers, but this is the story, okay? They're out dealing drugs around the world, <laughs> so they decided. <laughs> Most of my friends are ex-drug dealers, okay? Or, or alien types <laughs> or something. Anyway, so they're out dealing drugs and being crazy, and they had a, a boat out there. Because a, a lot of them I know have had boats, planes, everything. That's how they're getting the drugs around the world. But they had to stop, in this one little island, and uh, I guess to to get more uh, perishable foods and stuff like that, right? And when they Mm -hmm. got to this island, these people were so poor, had nothing. They had everything: spiritual, kindness, love, generosity, welcoming, happiness. You never saw so many people smiling in their whole life. They gave oh, them wow. everything and never seen a pencil before. They, never, they, they took off all their clothes down to their underwear to give these oh, people wow. because they didn't have a pair of shorts. Or, oh, my God, look at this. From America, like even the paper they, they're writing on, everything, they gave them everything and mm-hmm. which they had more to share because all they are doing oh, out wow. there was spreading the greed around the world and then they came upon these lovely people you know what I mean, that wow. would share every single thing. And they wish they had, had, you know, it really turned them around. Eventually, of course, they ended up in prison. That's why they saw me. But anyway, you know, <laughs> what it did was it, <laughs> it changes people to when we start yeah. really kind of letting up and giving to each other, you know. Now, if you're mm-hmm. coming from lack, you know what I mean, like if you're poor in America, you're really freaking poor. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, it, and I think if you grew up in poverty or lack, I think it gets a little bit harder to let go of your stuff, I think. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I think it, it's, uh, it's brought that out on me, realizing I'm not going to be dying of starvation anytime soon. You know what I mean? Right. So it's time to get all these boxes and donate. I belong to a neighborhood app, and I encourage everybody. If you have the ability, get onto this neighborhood app. Um, you have to have one where you walk. I know I have one here. I guess I think it's called neighborhood or neighbor app. And anybody in the neighborhood needs something, you actually just give it to them. You know what I mean? You oh just, wow. Okay, you have this. Yeah.
0: I it's heard come about up
1: it. With yeah. The yeah, it's amazing. So if you have a network near you, get onto that network. And that um, one day I fell down out here. I said, can I please just get somebody to help me take out the trash? You know what I mean? Because the boxes were Mm -hmm. awkward, and I really could not be trying to carry that crap, and I was trying to do it all myself, drag the trash and boxes at the same time. You know that a girl, she ended up, she's an attorney. She came over and she helped me take my boxes out. You Uh,
2: know what I
1: mean? I mean, really, it's simple as that. That's
2: the way it's supposed to be. And that, that's, the, you know, a lot of people say, oh, this is, a, this is a hoax, this is a conspiracy, this is it. No, the real conspiracy is where they're getting you to fight us and divide us yeah. because we're supposed to be helping each other. That's the real conspiracy.
1: That's this, that's, you, you have it right there, Jackie. That is the biggest thing is because the conspiracy, it's a lower power influence to keep us mm-hmm. all separated and think we're all different. We're all different in the beautiful big way the flowers are or any other kind of thing is different. Other than that, we're all the spiritual beings and we've got to help each other. And if we all help each other through this or the next big thing or whatever it is, just keep helping each other and nobody has to go without. Right. Because as soon as as you say something, it was embarrassing to have somebody over here that fast. You know what I'm saying? Because I wasn't quite used to the help. Mm -hmm. I was like, What? And then I didn't have to say something, and somebody brought me Diet Coke and put them on my porch. Now, you shouldn't be drinking <laughs> Diet Coke. Now, this I know, I'm not telling people to drink Diet Coke. All <laughs> I'm saying is that's what I wanted, and that somebody showed up.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Everything in moderation. It's all that's poison That's what I'm now saying.
1: Anyway. Now, now this is what know? my mentors in the past, who had been some pretty wild people that got caned, you know, the very unruly ones that actually get tamed into reasonableness, those are the ones I look up to.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know what I mean? You yeah. were once wild, wow, now you're tamed. They say everything in yeah. moderation. Don't be Absolutely. hurting people. You know what I mean? Pick right. up after yourself. You know what I mean? Do stuff right. for others. The more you serve, the more you get. It's all these age-old wisdoms that we all have to really lean on now because you know what to do. You were brought up, Right. Even if right. you were brought up wrong, you know right from wrong. You know what I mean?
2: Right, instinct. Okay.
1: Yes, our instincts would tell us. Because you know what? Because I know by watching animals, which I love dearly, they know right from wrong. They have mm-hmm. a conscience. They know they're mm-hmm. doing wrong. You ever seen a dog give you the side eye? You know they're up to something. <laughs> <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? Yep. It's true. And this goes Mm -hmm. for every kind of animal, but I just happen to have a lot of dogs in my life. So they'll give you a side eye, and they're trying not to look at what they're doing. So they don't want to let on what's happening, but dogs are too honest, really. They'll say, okay, what did you do? What do you got hiding over there? You know what I mean? But we really, really have to operate on these gifts. you are all given a big bundle of gifts, like what you were talking about. All of us. All of us. We now need to work on those gifts. We need to operate on these gifts. Because we all have them. Because I and know there's a know, lot that's of. What
2: Yvonne, Yvonne kept saying, I hope she likes talking about her.
0: <laughs>
2: yeah. <laughs> I wonder if her ears are ringing. Um, but Yvonne kept <laughs> yeah, saying, I think the, re- <laughs> the, the reason that so many of you are, are having these this urgency and, and these thoughts about the, this that's going to happen is because you're the ones who are going to really help people. You're the ones who are going yeah. to be talking about the message. And and really, it's because we're the ones, we're, we can get through this, but we have to be careful, we have to be vigilant, and we have to practice discernment.
1: Exactly. It's the truth because, you know, uh, there's a... Um, now, I was listening to um, Laura Eisenhower. She said a little short thing, and uh, what she said, because cause I I'm know i not big on conspiracy theories and stuff. I don't know, know mm-hmm. why. it's To me, it's a drag. I don't know why. It's, like, boring. Yes. So I don't know if it strikes <laughs> you like that, but I get really turned off the board by a conspiracy. You know what I mean? Real I, conspiracy I in, is intriguing to yes. me. Oh, well. Made up so, of- Go ahead.
2: The conspiracy, so what people need to understand about conspiracies is that the counterculture is always controlled by the same people pushing the other. So when you're looking at a conspiracy, it's usually so you, people will say, Oh, this person got paid to say this. Well, guess what? The person that told you about the also got paid because they always control the countercultures and they've done that forever. So
0: if, it, yeah, if so it's, if it it. you made a video, yeah, you said if it. It's made a video you and it's it. and
2: through Facebook. It's on purpose, and someone's getting paid for that too. And so that's why it's so important to practice discernment and to understand what, you know, and really listen to your gut feeling and and does this seem right?
1: right? Okay, so what she was saying, this this is what I caught on to. She said, I refuse to go along with this lower power that seems to not like humans very much. And then she said, uh, I am a sentient being and I re- will remain that way. Well, when she said that, I went, What? We are true. She didn't say this. I'm just saying this for me now. I was brought mm-hmm. up that I'm part of God, you know, that God is my Father and that I believe yes. in the Blessed Mother. I believe in all the saints. I believe in all, only because I'm saying it for me, is because I've had mm-hmm. experience with all those things, that I know that they're real. And these are mm-hmm. ancient things that have been passed down to me, and I just happen to be able to pick them up and understand that to be true for me. I don't believe it's true for everybody, and everybody can believe whatever they want. But at some point, you do have to stay, take a stand for yourself, to try, yeah. to, stay as true, to try to stay as true blue as you can. To your real self and not and not be swayed so much by everything that everybody says. Yes. Yeah. You know, but do keep an open mind. See, so this is like a tricky footwork here. You can't have a closed mind either. You have to be open-minded. So just mm-hmm. just as long as what responsible responsible, say, just don't let your brains fall out. You know what I mean? Right. Open-minded. So open-minded, you know, you're going to lose your brains over this. But, you know, another and healthy okay advice. it's to know. Yeah. Well, the sermon you're talking about. It's also yeah. like keeping two feet on the ground and okay for your head to go in the clouds. It's okay. Right. You know, to, to right. do whatever. But let's remember the fundamentals. You know, keep your feet on the ground. Stay steady. You know, and be helpful where you can. And um, I think being flexible right now would help. Yeah. You know. And I don't mean, so you know, a make, lot... make, be flexible to... What's going to happen next?
2: Yeah, and that's the thing. That we really need to, I mean, we could get hit with a second wave.
0: I think yeah, exactly. we're
2: lucky because we haven't experienced what other countries have experienced or what New York has experienced, but we don't want to experience it.
1: No. Especially when I heard about what the effects are. You know, this is beyond oh the flu you know, this do you is know beyond... that?
2: And do you know that the people that fought me the most at the beginning, the people that said that this wasn't real, the people that didn't believe that it was going to affect us, are the people that know the most people that have been affected.
1: I know. This is a this is a real slap in the face. We really have to. It's a wake up call. We have to be, care about each other enough not to want other people get sick too. It's not just about me. You know, it's just about them, too. I don't want to be sick with this. I don't know if I'll survive it. You know what I mean? But I don't want them to be sick either. You know, I wouldn't want my mother to get sick, you know? Right. Just put it that way, you know? But anyway, okay, so now we've said the big word, the mother. Mother's Day is coming on Sunday. I didn't want to forget. (laughs) Happy Mother's Day to all the mothers out there. And also the mother, the the people that are acting like mothers, taking care of other people's kids. And also the fur mothers and the feathered mothers. And I want to say happy Mother's Day to everybody. as everybody, it seems, has a mother, right?
2: Absolutely. Okay.
1: <laughs> well, well, I'm thinking,
2: unless they were made in the lab, still they'd have the That's
1: DNA. <laughs> we have these labs, but they still had a mother. <laughs> Right. No, really. I think the lab people even had to start with an egg, and an egg comes from a mother. <laughs> exactly. You know, I had the craziest conversation with somebody over this one. I don't want to get into the, <laughs> the space baby element of this whole thing. So anyway, <laughs> as we're wrapping up our talk for tonight, what would be something that you want to get out there?
2: I just hope really that people don't shut out the news, practice discernment, really, let's not be selfish, you know, and hopefully they, they were lucky not to know people that are severely affected by it. But unfortunately I've known people who are affected by it. And it's a -hmm. lot of people that I know, there's people that I know that had to post stuff on social media to show what they went through just so people could believe how serious it is. The people shouldn't have to do that.
0: (sighs) Yeah, and so you know. I think
2: that that we just need to take it seriously.
1: I thank God that we have people that snapped out of it pretty quickly. You know what I mean. Other mm-hmm. people have done some uh, some desperate things that not and that wasn't necessary. You know what I mean. We're we ha- we're equipped
0: right to
1: do whatever it is that we have to do in this next whatever happens. You know, and it's a, right. the same feeling yeah. that I have. For the whole thing is that. I had that clear picture of how beautiful this earth will be, Yeah, you know, that that, that the generations to come are going to have a beautiful place to be. And we just happen to be the ones that are going through this very strange turn of events. You know, Mm -hmm. this is a first in our history, you know, this is uh, one of the biggies, you know, and we're facing a lot of things that are happening, but we're going to have to readjust. That means the money thing, the food thing and everything. I know people that are planting their gardens now, like victory gardens. You exactly. Know, I got, I got, yeah, I got my seeds. I got a little herb, little pots, and everything else. And I forgot. Oh yeah, you got to go get dirt. So I'm not really the gardener.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: I have to go a big guy into a bag of dirt home. You may will put that on my neighborhood list. Can you some dirt, please? Because I'm telling you. this. Grass barely grows in this this lot, you know. It's uh, yeah. you know not good, not the good earth. So, I'm gonna try my hand on a, having a few herbs and everything, but I still think we're gonna do okay. You know what I mean? And uh, yeah, I want to thank you so much for speaking with me tonight.
2: Thank you, I love really
1: talking to you. you. I appreciate your friendship and all the good things you brought to this earth. Uh, you're a dazzling, uh, beautiful person, you know, and I Thank didn't you. even get to I didn't even get to start talking about your Egyptian uh reincarnation thing, because that's another whole oh, beautiful we can always go. You know? yeah, 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 so we're going to do that in the future, but I just want to let you know I love you very much, and, and God bless you, you and keep you well during this whole next phase, and I hope we all get to see each other soon, and I'll move to the next meeting. Because I guess we're going to stay I on the, uh, another uh, phone thing I called in last time. So if yes. anybody wants to get oh, up for I was for so zero, happy to hear you. I know. I didn't know you heard me.
2: Yes, I was so excited.
1: How many people were on there? I don't Lots. know,
2: because you could only see, there were a lot of people, but you, and there were people international that were never got to go to our meeting. So it was incredible. But you only got to see, Yvonne didn't do a roll call and didn't say how many people were on. So you only got to see like groups of five as they were talking. So I have no idea how many.
1: you got to do that next time. Take a roll call, find out who's there. Uh, uh, And you're really invited to the meeting. Uh, How do we get a hold of Yvonne? Do Do you know Yvonne Smith? Yes. I think you go Yvonne Eva at zero. Yeah and Zero
2: International and it'll come up.
1: Mhm. And it'll come up and so you can reach and reach the group if you feel that you've had uh abduction issues uh she mm-hmm. does also uh, help with stress and PTSD and stuff like that and mm-hmm. uh, that's why I went to her is because I had PTSD from this whole thing and I got a mm-hmm. lot of help and especially I found my kind, my people, which I'll mm-hmm. pray forever grateful anything, for.
2: Anything paranormal, really, because a lot of times it's all the same thing. And within the group, <sighs> you can figure out what what it is you're going through. But even yeah. Kim, who's in our group, she's a hypnotherapist for past lives. So if, if that's something <laughs> that you know, we can connect you with if you think it's because of a past life. We we're all connected, and if anything paranormal, really.
1: Yes, that's right. So we're all interconnected. We're all part of this human species, and let's get it together. If you're having a PTSD, you think you're having uh, strange experiences, you're not by yourself. There's a group out there, C E R O. And I'd like to thank our guest tonight. Oh my God, Jacqueline Thomas. We're so lucky to have her on, really. And uh, oh, thank I you. look forward. We're to lucky to have again. you. Again, thank you. I'm lucky to be alive, actually. I'm, I'm happy to be here. <laughs> I'm happy to be here. So, God bless you, and I love you, and I'll talk to you soon, okay?
2: Okay, thank you. Love you.
1: Bye. Okay, okay bye-bye. Well, that was Jacqueline Thomas. Extraordinary human, individual, spiritual. Uh, she's out there in the world living it up, and uh, she has just, I can't speak enough about this girl. She's full of integrity and beauty, and she has a big story to tell, and uh, I really appreciate her being with us tonight. And I want to thank everybody that called in and listened on their phones. I could see you that you were talking, calling in. And uh, I want to thank everybody that tuned in from across the world. And also, this will be available in the archives so you can listen to anytime you want to listen to. So guess what? We're, on the 15th, we're having another fabulous speaker. He's the great-grandson of H.H. H. Holmes, and he's written a book about his great-grandfather. His name is Jeff Mudgett, and if you remember the World's Fair Ripper back in the day, that, uh, this is the guy's grandson. He has an extraordinary uh, story to tell, and the, the book is H.H. H. Holmes by Jeff Mudgett. Uh, look it up, and you can find an extraordinary speaker for next week. Same time, same station, 6 p.m., Friday night, I'll see you next Friday, and I want to, God bless everybody, and I want to also remind you, just hang in there, each day is a new day, and God bless you, and the paranormal, is sacred of the place where the unheard may be heard, and I love you very much, wherever you are on the planet, I'm sending my love and prayers to you, God bless you, love you, bye-bye, see you next week, bye.